about to win so big. Tell me, hydraulic money. Yeah. Money coming in. Tell me, what's the program? 25 days of cush. Yeah, get with the program. Show them what they wave, get the program. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's another week. It's another episode of Tales from Terror Dome. <laughs> Almost slipped up, went back to the old name. But <laughs> anyway, you know, you know what it is. Got another special episode for you tonight. Another hokey great from the mid-2000s. An era of hokey football that doesn't get talked about enough. The last great <laughs> era to date of Hokies football. He was a beast on the field. He's a beast still. He wore 24. His name is Tariq Edwards. He's on the pod. How you living, man? Yo, what's going on, man? What's going on? I'm living good. Living good. Bless. Uh, I definitely appreciate you guys having me. I appreciate the intro, too. We don't, we don't really get the love. You know what I mean? We don't really get it, especially from a defensive standpoint. You get the love over on this side, my guy. Where you live in these days? I'm in Charlotte. Nice yeah, area. A lot of Hokies there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the first thing I searched on LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, to get in touch with the Hokies. Absolutely, man. So we'll take it back to the beginning. Where are you from originally, Tariq? So I moved from New York as a kid uh, to South Carolina. So I'm originally, I, I say, from South Carolina. I grew up there. Um, in a small town of Chiraw, and then I uh, actually played ball and everything else in Marlboro County in Bennisville. So Marlboro is, you know, definitely home for, for myself, my brother, and, you know, we definitely were able to build a legacy there. What was recruitment like for you coming out of high school? Recruitment was pretty dope, man. It was a really good experience just simply because we had the opportunity not – I say this too. I had the opportunity to experience it with my brother too. So that was big for me and for us to, it was a lot of work, man. You know, I was just telling someone about the process the other day, um, but we were able to, you know, get a lot of offers early on in our career. And, um, you know, it was just a pleasure to be able to do so. And then, you know, just to kind of see the process unfold, you know, and, and lead to, you know, where we ended up. It was just an awesome experience overall. Who was your recruiter from Virginia Tech? Coach Wiles, the man. I've heard a lot about him, man. How was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. D-line. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a legend, man. And he he was great. He actually came down a few times, um, and he knew Bo. Uh, Bo was my stepdad. He knew Bo, and we had the, um, the chance to meet Coach Wiles. I don't know how many times, man, at least – four or five times alone, you know, he might've came down to Bennisville and um, Camden. He, he came to one game in Camden, South Carolina too, um, which we played, you know, uh, another um, Bulldog team there. But man, he, he was great because we had the chance to connect on a, a different level, especially when we would come to the, come through the visit, you know, back in Blacksburg. And, you know, we were already aware of who he was. He was aware of who we were and, 
you know, the, um, the dynamic of, you know, how we play, you know, at the level that we played and for him to be able to see it up close and then just provide, you know, some, some feedback from a collegiate, you know, great, you know, coach, and especially next to Bud Foster, which is, you know, one of the best ever to do it. So, you know, being a he, very close with him, you know, almost best friends, it just was a great, you know, uh, overall, you know, experience just to have that, to have him, you know, directly um, recruit us. Who were your top schools and how did, uh, I guess, what made you ultimately decide that you were going to play for Bud Foster? Yeah. Yeah. Now, to be honest with you, it was kind of tough on this one because uh, we really didn't, we didn't have the, the main say so in the, in the decision. You know, it did come from Bo, um, in which I, I'm going to be concrete. I can't, I, I got to shoot it straight. You know what I mean? I love, I love the Hokies and I love, um, you know, I, I ultimately made a decision um, just by wanting to be, you know, under one of the best coaches. Um, but originally I did, you know, like Clemson. We were in South Carolina, you know what I mean? Clemson, uh, the Gamecocks came and they were our first offer. Clemson followed. And then, you know, plenty of other ACC schools, some SEC schools as well. But the top two on my list were uh, Clemson and Virginia Tech, simply because of the organizations and, you know, where they were headed. And then with Virginia Tech, just being able to play a position under one of the best defensive coaches and assistants, um, assistant head coaches to ever be a part of the game and then pushing so many different people to the league. It was just a pleasure to, um, you know, actually move forward in his direction and his light and just be under that, you know, that umbrella. So that's ultimately why, you know, I even wanted to join um, BT. Now your stepfather, Bo, he played mm-hmm. at Tech under Beamer, correct? Yeah, that's correct. I think he graduated in what, 80? No, he, he went maybe late 84 or whatever like that. No, no, no. It might have been later than that. I think he graduated in like 92, 93. Was he able to share some good insight with you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That he was a phenomenal aspect of our, you know, recruiting experience simply because he already had the game. You know, that was some free game that he was able to provide us. And then, you know, we went to a few different camps um, and then we had the opportunity to go to, you know, um, Blacksburg and see it many times. I mean, since Vic days, you know, he he took us. we, We got. I'm not sure if my brother still has a glove or not, but we got gloves signed from Vic since we were like, you know, small fry football players and, you know, going on campus wearing, and I actually have the picture, I believe, of us, you know, in the locker room with our Optimist football jerseys on. But, man, that's just a, a long-standing relationship. I mean, everything was burgundy. <laughs> Every vehicle he had was burgundy. Everything in this house was you know, well, I would say maroon, you know, maroon and orange everywhere. So you, you already knew where that was going to, you know, lead us. I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Big time to this day. <laughs> Why was Bo the ultimate decider in your college? Well, choice? I believe a, a lot of, you know, kids, they grow up and they don't have someone you know and and, you know you're very fortunate if you do but a lot don't have the uh guidance that you would need to make you know a smart decision um something that's going to ultimately affect 
your life in a positive light, you know, a positive direction. Now, the thing is, uh, even with that, I feel like if you're going to college, you, you had that opportunity, shoot, it's, it's a positive direction regardless. But, you know, it, it gets a little bit more into the weeds of, you know, then winning championships and being recruited, you know, highly from a, a national, you know, aspect and things of that nature. So just to have that, you know, guidance and, you know, to be able to kind of follow some footsteps. Because if you guys notice, I actually followed those footsteps to the T. I mean, went from Virginia Tech to Miami Dolphins, injury, boom, that's it. Same exact process as both. So <laughs> so who did you room with when you got to Tech? Uh, I had two roommates. I had um, – I start off with Tevin Clark, and then my next uh, roommate was up until well, – was just like the first, what, two years, I believe. After that, I lived on my own with my with my uh, my girlfriend and my son. Well, now it's my, my wife, you know, but – I had um, Telvin Clark freshman year. Next year, sophomore year was uh, James Hopper. Nice. Mm -hmm. So how was it when you got on campus adjusting to Bud's defense? Because it's not your typical, like, scheme, I would mm. think, you know? No, no, you're right about that. It was tough because, you know, of course you come from high schools and high schools do their best to prep you for the next level and – you know, it's just a completely different dynamic once you hit that collegiate level. And, of course, playing under someone, you know, with such knowledge to the game and, you know, different strategies, different schemes and, I mean, counters for everything, you know. So it was just a lot from a communication piece. And then, you know, just early on, just trying to, you know, do your best to learn everything, man. I mean, you're in you're just you're struggling with trying to maintain all of your your schoolwork and trying to make sure that you know the grades are on point because you know football of course is going to last forever and you got to have something to fall back on but at the end of the day like I need to be able to learn this so I can play sooner rather than later but needed me to learn this so I can play sooner rather than later Beamer told me the same thing you know what I mean they wanted to get me in there um, early on in my career so that I can go ahead and start playing but Man, that was super tough, man. It was hours of, you know, just studying the playbook um, at night, staying up and, you know, just preparing, uh, watching, I don't know how, how much just spring tape I watched alone, you know, before, you know, leading up into the spring game and after. I never went home, you know, for the summers. I stayed and, you know, tried to do seven on sevens and, you know, all the passing league stuff that we did then and, you know, just continue to, to study so that I could, um, you know, adapt to the playbook alone. A student of the game. Fact, How intense sure. was Bud Foster? <laughs> I just saw his face screaming at me as soon as you said that. <laughs> Breaking the clipboard. Man, listen, it, nah, it was intense. It was intense. He, But it was like, it was great because you knew it came from a, a positive place. And if he was on you, in, in that particular manner, then you knew he wanted you to be great or he saw your potential to be great. So once that, once, you know, I saw that he was on me as a freshman and, you know, saw me, it's like, okay, yeah, let's, let's get this done. You know, if you mess up, you know, yell at you, scream at you. I, I used to have a picture on Google of me, uh, me looking at Bud and, and him looking at me and it was like, he he's yelling something. I can't remember when this, uh, what I believe it might've been, a Miami game and I, I may not have spilled on one play or something like that. And 
he's looking at me, I'm looking at him, and it's just, <laughs> it's just both upset, you know what I mean? But it was a, it, man, a, a, a love, love relationship. No hate at all. It was, you know, great to actually have him, you know, use all of that emotion to show, you know, he wanted his guys to be the best. Yeah, the defenses you played on, people don't really talk about enough, but you played with some dogs like yeah, my guy, sure. Rock Carmichael, yep. uh, Juice Taylor, J. Ron Hosley. Uh, I think Cam still might have been there when you got there. I can't remember mm -hmm. my time. Like it's a little fuzzy, but I mean, yeah. those, those, there were some absolute dogs on that defense. Uh, what was practice like? Who would you say was the most alpha of all the alphas? And who also was the funniest man? Oh, man, once you, like you said, freshman year, um, Cam Chancellor was there. And Cam, he was that guy. Like, he was, he went, the way you see him in NFL games was how he practiced. <laughs> like, seriously, like, I can remember him um, going against Eddie Whitley. And Eddie, he was a beast, too. But they, they went against one another, and Eddie's shoulder just dropped. He almost, I don't know if he knocked it out of place or he just put it to sleep, but you know, it was one of those things that where, you know, of course he wanted to be great. That's why he went against guys like Cam. But Cam, he just was a different, different athlete, man. And, you know, you saw it in his practice, like all of his habits. Um, who else? It's, um, man, we had so many different guys, you know, that played around that time. Hosley, he was another one. Like you said, I saw him, you know, freshman year and, you know, rocking – you know, six six Logan Thomas. You know what I mean? So stuff like that. They had to go head to head, and you know it. Um, it, it went you know the other way. So in which you know everybody thought that um, it, it wouldn't have been that way. But you know we had a lot of guys. Um, Nikos, I, I really looked up to. Um, you know them guys at, at on the defensive end. Um, Jason Worlds. You know, I mean, honestly, man, like you said, it was some dogs, man. Freshman year coming in, you seeing guys like that and the way they prepare for the game. I mean, the practices and, you know, just even in the weight room alone, you, know, you just knew that you needed to get behind that. Um, and the funniest might have been Telvin, man. Telvin Clark, this dude, this dude right here. Him and uh, Anton Exum. Those, that's all they did, man. Jokes us. <laughs> Yep. Tone's oh, Twitter was God. wild. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, JG, too. Gail, he, he, all of those guys. And you can see it in uh, Gail's Twitter today, man. It, they love to, you know, joke and, and have some fun. Um, we used to call it janking back in, in South Carolina when I moved down. I, I never knew what that meant at first. But then we got a little older, realized exactly, you know, the jokes. And they used to call it wetting. So. Here at Tech, everybody, wet and wet. It's all day long. I mean, you can – serious moment. People still want to crack a joke every now and then. Who's the bigger rival to you, WVU or UVA? Uh, I never got the opportunity to play West Virginia, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be UVA for me. Okay. All right. Definitely going to be UVA for me. Yeah, and, and it was funny because I had to – you know how you – it's like you learn a beef. <laughs> it's like – that's like my brother having beef with someone and I don't know the guy. So I had to learn his beef in order to jump in it. That's almost how it was. Like they, they had, you know, this is a Virginia thing. 
So everybody know the beef with, you know, South Carolina and, and Clemson because that's where we were at. So when you get here and you start to see, all right, this is a real rivalry. So UVA, like, you know, you would see guys get into fights and all kind of stuff. So it was one of those things that I really had to, you know, get behind it, you know, full head of steam and just go into it and knowing that, you know, we held the Commonwealth for so long. That wasn't something that we were prepared to ever let go, you know, and no matter what was at stake, no matter what the record was for the season, we knew that that was one team that, you know, we despised that when we had to beat them. What was your relationship like with Frank? Coach Beam had a, a good relationship with all his, you know, players. I, I feel like, you know, and um, just, you know, of course, of course, the head coaches, they can be a little out of the weeds a little bit when it comes down to, you know, personal life and, you know, everything that's going on. Like they have so much that they're doing on a daily basis. So it wasn't like a really, you know, prime personal, you know, relationship, but, you know, we had some conversations um, and, you know, like I told you, you earlier, I mentioned that, you know, he wanted me to go in, you know, early on and get some playing time. He pulled me into his office one day and, you know, sat down and had that conversation, you know, and I remember that like it was yesterday. So, you know, that was always, you know, it just, that was motivating to me. So, you know, I will always remember that for sure. Did you have a favorite place to play on the road? On the road, let me see. I mean, I think, I don't know if it's one place that I like playing, you know, better than others. I loved, you know, going down to um, New Orleans and that, that um, Superdome and being able to play in the, the Sugar Bowl. Um, that was an awesome experience. Always uh, playing in Charlotte, that was an awesome experience, especially when you knew that was – you know, you're playing for, you know, a championship. So both of those two, I would say, would be the best. If I had to choose maybe another um, another school that we've traveled to. I don't know, man. Um, I think NC State was a, a really good experience to play in their stadium. And I, I only say that because of the atmosphere. It was, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, you go elsewhere and, you know, we have one of the, or I would say the greatest atmosphere in Blacksburg and, and being able to play, you know, among so many, you know, screaming fans into the Sandman is, you know, the bass, everything and hair standing up. But, you know, so it's nothing like playing in Lane Stadium, but that was a really good experience the way, um, you know, they, they shut everything down, black and red, have the wolf, you know, howling and all of that. It was it was pretty good experience. What was it like going against Denard Robinson? You know, I sacked him. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I got, I almost got uh, cursed out by Frank. Beamer, he looked at me when I did the little Superman break. And, you know, I was a, a real popular around that time. And, and we really couldn't celebrate. Like, I'm like, guys, like, you know, Coach Foster, but he knew the type of athlete I was. And, you know, I like to celebrate when I did certain things, especially in, in high school. So finally we tried to pick it up a little bit and, you know, able to get a, get a nice little hit on this guy and wanted to celebrate it. But this dude, it was, I got a, I got a good, you know, kind of good story on him too, because he was really uh, knowledgeable of the teams he was going against. So uh, I told you guys, my, my roommate was James Hopper. We had the opportunity to, um, 
kind of do some things down on Bourbon Street before the game, just trying to, you know, I think we went to like a, I can't remember the name of the uh, uh, restaurant that was over there, but grabbed some quick eats before we went back to the room. And Denard and a few of his linemen were, were in the restaurant. So, you know, we ordered our food, we went to the back, and he came, you know, back there, and I already knew who he was too, but he was like, hey, man, you you 24, huh? And I looked at him, I was like, how you know that? And he was just like, I know everybody I'm playing against. And it was weird. It was weird that he, you know, was able to recognize because a lot of people only know, you know, jersey numbers and never, like, face this in the game of football. You know, all you know is the number. But so then we sat there and had a conversation and then got to the game. And it was just – honestly, it was crazy that we were playing, uh, you know, this guy because all you, you heard about him, shoe lot, shoelace, shoelace, shoelace. Like, even in high school, you know, I had some of the guys who used to always talk about him and not tying his shoes and one of the fastest guys, da-da-da. So, you know, just to see that on the field, you really got to feel for, all right, this guy is fast. You know, he does play at an elite level. Um, but, you know, that was our game. So <laughs> we beat them, essentially. I know you had a lot of big games at Tech, but did you have a favorite one to play in? Yeah, that one. <laughs> that Sugar Bowl was the best game. I, and in my mind, you know, and even, you know, if we – if they would have called it the, the correct way at the end, you know, everyone knows still a catch. That was a catch. If they would have called yes, that sir. Correct, yeah, that was a catch for sure. So, if, if that would have been called correctly, you know, then everybody knows what would happen. And, um, you know, with the stats that was had, I, I can't, like, lean one way or another and say, you know, what the coaches would have done. But, you know, um, I had – some of the best numbers that game defensively and felt like that would have been one of those defensive games for me. So, you know, I, I really feel like that was probably one of the best games I've ever played in at Tech. There was actually something fishy that happened with the officials and replay officials too. Yeah. I can't remember the connection. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I believe they end up getting uh, let go, if I'm not mistaken, or either getting um, – um, not like penalized or something like that, but um, like a suspension or something. But I mean, we we still got rings and everything, so we won that game. Did you learn anything, from Cornell Brown, or did you mainly learn from Bud? Oh man, did I? We learned so much from man. This guy, he was one of the most energetic coaches that I've ever met. And man, I love Cornell. Man, I, I, of course, I learned the bulk of what I knew from Bud, because that was, you know, even in defensive rooms, that's my coach, you know what I mean? But just vicariously through other players that Cornell coached directly. And then even, you know, with the relationship that we have, I mean, you know, still to this day, you know, um, there'll be, you know, he's, he'll reach out, say happy birthday, Reek, da, da, da. you know, I do the same. Likewise, he checks in on the family. It's just a great, you know, um, like relationship that further like past the game where I love but just having the opportunity to learn certain you know any down to the T to certain moves that he did to you know um this vision and being able to you know get off the ball and you know it's just uh so many things that you can learn through someone who has actually done it and you've seen do it you know what I mean it's different from someone who's telling you hey go do it but then someone who actually did it and know how to, you know, provide an example, you know, that, that definitely takes you to a whole nother level. 
Now, we know Sandman is rocking at the intro, but what do you like to listen to when you're listening to music? Um, it's, This is funny, man. All the way up until um, probably Miami, and I did it there too, but um, I always, like before any, you know, games or anything that where I felt like, you know, there was a possibility of, you know, uh, just going going to the full you know your full ability i don't know if it's that seven on seven i didn't care like i always led everything with gospel first and you know i i actually grew up muslim but you know i still love gospel to this day and i i would always listen to you know a lot of different um gospel music but then i would switch over and like all of the lights was like my theme song before every game the remix with you know, Drake, Big Sean and, and, you know, Lil Wayne, all of them on that. That was like my my go to. But then, you know, followed by like Pastor Troy, We Ready and some other hard stuff. So try to try to really like mix it up. But of course, try to get into this like this zone ahead of time to say, you know, it's a blessing to be able to be a part of this um, and just kind of wanting to remain safe, especially, you know, free from injury, et cetera. And then let's move into actually getting hyped. So then that's when all of the lights and, you know, PT and, you know, Wayne and, and 50 and all of them came about. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Man. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, What was your uh, draft process like? Like what, what kind of information were you getting when you were going to leave and how did you end up in Miami? Yeah. So um, the draft process, it was kind of, I don't know. It it could have been it could have been better in my eyes, um, you know, because early on I was told a lot, especially after my sophomore year. I was just told, hey, you know, we can get you first round in the draft, second at the latest, you know, and, you know, X, Y and Z. I was just told everything at the meeting with some agents, et cetera. And then that's when, um, as you all know, you know, the injury came about to where, you know, I needed to have uh surgery on my tibia fracture so then you know in the spring we tried to get it healthy it, it wasn't getting to where it needed to be so the the recommended option available was sur- surgery of course and then that's when boom everything kind of fell off like you know i had people oh well let's see how you recover and we'll you know of course you threw up the red flag so you know they agents backed off and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. so then you know, uh, I was told by uh, another agent, hey, put up the same numbers you did your sophomore year and I'll be able to get you, you know, drafted. So, you know, that's what I did. You know, I came back and um, we we actually, and not to boast anything like that, but we went kind of down in the, the um, our defensive, you know, status and, and uh, that um, where we were in the nation, my junior year went down a little bit and so did the record and then we came back senior year and was able to be you know top three defense in the nation especially after what we were doing to Alabama so of course the draft stock went back up not to where it was before because there was still the red flag of hey can he finish the season hey you know is it going to affect his play is it going to affect the speed and all this other stuff but you know I felt like it didn't I felt like you know, that season, you know, senior year was probably one of the best, you know, that that I've had, you know, in my career. So, um, you know, it did, a bulb did go back off in some agents and, you know, they start reaching back out towards 
the end of that. But if you look at it, now it's later in the game. So there isn't a lot that, you know, they can do for me as far as, you know, um, um, trying to be a little bit more proactive rather than reactive, you know, and it, I felt like a lot of that was reaction. Hey, let's go ahead and get pro day. Hey, let's get this rather than, you know, having the opportunity to, you know, do some of the, the other things that some of my, my teammates were able to do. Um, and, you know, even with the numbers that I had, I just felt like I was kind of left. I was left like, you know, uh, left out to dry a little bit, you know what I mean? I got left hanging a little bit as opposed to where some of my other um, teammates were, you know, in regards to, you know, just the status alone. So, you know, after some time um, towards the end of the season, you know, I finally went ahead and got signed with an agent. And, you know, rather than going the route that everyone else did, um, I pretty much had to you know, stick through pro day and do my best to kind of woe some teams. Um, then I was told, you know, after speaking with a lot of the coaches towards the end of the season, that's when, you know, NFL coaches can start approaching you, you know, towards the, the end there where, you know, you're in your final games or whatever the case may be. Um, and then they're saying, you know, great stuff, you know, calling me about film. They're trying to you know, walk, have me walk them through certain plays where my mind was, you know, um, and, and just basically let me know what they thought of me. And, um, you know, I had a great conversation with, oh, I can't think of his name now, I'm drawing a blank, it's been some time, but um, a linebacker's coach for the Dolphins at that time. And he had, um, he had some high hopes, you know, he, he saw some games, he was like, he loved the way I, came up in, uh, I believe it might have been against UVA. He said the way, I, you know, we were in like prevent defense and, you know, last few plays of the game came back up and cracked one of the tight ends. And, you know, he was just loving the way, you know, it just didn't finish the game and let it be, you know, end all be all. And, you know, just some other things that he always kind of discussed. And then not only that, they had, um, you know, they had already had high expectations of me, like, starting on their special teams because they ran the same punt formation that, you know, VT ran. So that was just the opportunity for me to, you know, already get playing time while I learned the scheme and, you know, potentially be able to start on defense. So with all of that, you know, conversation going, I really felt like, you know, it, it was a good place to be. So when I had the chance to, um, you know, make the decision, you know, in which, you know, I was told that I would be drafted. That's what I was told. I was told that, hey, you know, if it wasn't for your injury, probably got it could have got you in, you know, at least second, third round. But I promise we'll get you anywhere from fifth to seven. That didn't happen. I ended up being a PFA, uh, priority free agent. So uh, I promise you it wasn't 60 seconds after the draft ended. My, myself and my family, we were there all night, man. And I promise you a minute later, get a phone call. And then a minute after that, get another phone call. And then I got at least four or five phone calls, man. Texans, uh, Dolphins was first, followed by the Texans, followed by uh, the Lions, then some other teams. And it was just like, you know, back to back in which, you know, I felt like that was a time where, you know, a draft status would have been great. But you know, you still have the opportunity to um, take advantage of, you know, what's given. So with, you know, the Dolphins being the first call, of course, like I just told you guys, I had great conversation with the defensive, um, with the linebacker coach there and, you know, everything that was told to me. So, and then I knew 
Danelle Ellaby personally, um, one of the linebackers that played there. And he was just on a Super Bowl team with the Ravens. And I felt like I could, you know, learn directly through him. I wouldn't have much, you know, of an issue learning plays because, you know, I could use him almost as a, a big brother and a mentor. So, you know, that was the ultimate decision for the. Have you talked to any of the new staff yet? I know that they were doing a lot of uh, alumni outreach and a lot of the other guys we had talked to, it said they'd either heard from them or they either got put on the list with big Dwight Vick. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Now, um, I think Coach Pry is the only one that I had the opportunity to speak with. Honestly, I haven't had um, a chance to really connect with any of the, the new coaches here lately. I had um, I spoke with Fence uh, a few times, but of course, you know, we, we know how we all know how that went. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep. What a clown. Yeah, I, won't get, I won't get into that. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a favorite place to eat in Blacksburg when you were there? Favorite place to eat in Blacksburg. Um, so a few of us, we actually would go to um, McAdoo's before. I believe that might have been. When did we go? I think might have been a Monday that me, myself, Lou, DJ Cole, a few of us would go to um, to McAdoo's. But there was a, ah, uh, oh, man, I can't think of the. The restaurant, man. Hold on. I'm trying to think of it. It was a restaurant that the linebackers always went to before every um every game. I remember Buzz too, man. But he, he actually had a good one. I don't know what happened with that one. But that one was um that one was pretty good. He had some really good wings out there. Have you been back to Blacksburg lately or plan on coming checking the game out or checking the town out? Um, it's been a while since I've been. I was going to go um, just on fifth uh, for the last game that we just had um, and had some things lined up. But then my son, he's uh, playing middle school ball, and they were able to end up getting um, a, a bowl game for their league. So I couldn't make it, but definitely wanted to take the opportunity to to head back here soon. And I've been, you know, in communication with, um, you know, some of the admins so that we can go ahead and, and get that lined up. But definitely want to take my my son back out there and the family and just give them an opportunity to get in in that atmosphere again. So when should uh, Coach Pry offer your son so he can be a future Hokie as well? You know, just keep, <laughs> keep it rolling. Right, right. Now he's on the field looking like um, looking like um, what's his name? He's out there balling, man. He's on the defensive line right now, bigger kid, and you know pretty much bigger than his entire team other than one other kid and, you know, Aaron Donald status, like, you know, just ripping and running through people. So really looking at, you know, looking forward to seeing his development and his growth and actually just seeing if he wants to stick with it. I'm not one that's going to force him. You know, um, we were, my, myself and my twin brother, we were kind of forced early on and, you know, I'm talking lifting weights and everything. So I really don't want to push it on him. And, you know, if he's, excited about it he actually asked me you know to to get him prepared for this season so if he's excited about it and want to move forward we're gonna go you know what I mean and hopefully uh in the next he's only 11 so next year if if uh coach Pry can offer him that'd be great <laughs> okay all right hey where can everybody follow you it's uh two four shot at same as my my twitter hashtags so you can go on ig type in at it's two four shot at T W O F O U R S H O T I T. 
Uh, that's my website as well if y'all want to check that out. So definitely go ahead and get this thing in motion. Right, film whatever you need. Let's get it. Man, you heard y'all it heard here, it, man. man. Tariq Edwards, he's your guy. That's a fact. Y'all heard the I man. It done for you. Make sure you hit him with a follow. Make sure you hit him with a like and hit him up for all your needs. Hokie support Hokies. Y'all know how it rolls over here. Yeah, if you see him in Blacksburg, he don't pay for shit. (laughs) No, that's their rule. Hokie legends don't pay for food or drinks in Blacksburg if you see him. Hokie legends. Am I, am That's our I'm rule. considered a legend? Is that, that what you're saying? We can go to the whole Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, hell Blackbird yeah. And get throw, some it, throw it in the bio. Tell them to give me some free tickets too, man. Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of blood, sweat, and tears on the field, man. That's fact. Sideline passes and everything. We'll put the word in. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tariq, I'm glad you're doing well, man. Thanks for doing this podcast with us tonight. Yeah, no, for sure, man. Like I said, I, I appreciate you guys inviting me. It's been a pleasure, um, you know, just to be able to kind of talk through that. I, I wanted to um, get, you know, start a podcast with my twin brother. So, you know, this right here is just a pleasure to just to be a part of and, and walk through and have this conversation as an opener for sure, man. Absolutely. If you ever need anything, reach out to us. You know, we got you. Oh, yeah. Already, man. Already. Like, you know, my line. Appreciate y'all, man. My line is always open. Always. Let them hear. Yes, sir. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Tariq Edwards, former Hokie linebacker, former Miami Dolphin. Thank you so much for coming on. Go Hokies. Go Hokies.